Welcome to another podcast from the BCC team. Our aim is to bring you a message that will help you live a better, more God-centered life. For more information, go to bcc.church. Good morning. I want to ask you something. Did it ever happen to you that you're so excited or nervous about something that is going to happen the next day that you couldn't sleep all night? Yeah, it happened to me uh, on Monday, on Monday night. I have my driving test booked for Tuesday morning <laughs> at 9.07. And uh, Monday morning I had a two-hour driving session with an instructor I never met before. But I sort of asked him to check my driving out, you know, just before uh, the test. And I never met him, but I sort of wanted someone outside uh, me that doesn't know me to see how I'm driving. After the first 30, 40 minutes of driving, I pull over and uh, he basically says, uh, you would have failed the test multiple times if you would have taken the test now. And even more than this, he told me, and I think you'll fail the test tomorrow as well. And I was like, you do have a spirit of encouragement. <laughs> no, 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 not true. I just told him, I guess you're right. <laughs> As well. I even told him that if he thinks I'll fail, maybe it's better if I don't take the test. I actually did tell him this uh, on Monday, because, on Tuesday, because I didn't want to sort of ruin his rating, you know, and stuff like this. But he didn't really care about it. He wanted the money, so uh, that, that wasn't an issue. As well. So the day goes by, the night comes. I wanted to sleep, but I really, really couldn't. Like, my heart was racing all night. Probably like I was racing during, that, uh, <laughs> during, during my uh, driving session with him. Uh, so I barely slept, and then I go to the test at uh, Bromley Center, at Br- Bromley Court Hotel. It's a new one for those of you who don't know. So I went there for the third time, and uh, <laughs> I drove like never before. So at the end of the test, the examiner tells me, congratulations, <laughs> you passed the test. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> and I was like, really? And I, like, my eyes were watering. I was trying not to cry because I was surprised, you know. But I did drive really, really well. And the, the examiner told me, like, you're very careful. Uh, he said, you're even driving slow. I think it's your, in your nature to drive slow. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I was like, just give me the certificate, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I passed my test the third time. Anyone else passed the third, the, te- the third time? Yes, we are the biblical people. <laughs> yes, yes, you know, the best things happen in three. Yes, God, Trinity, Jesus resurrected the third day, just saying. So we are the biblical people in this place. No shame in it, okay? <laughs> but the truth is that I couldn't have passed the test without the investment of many people in this church. Time, financially, like there was one time when I went home and I just had a check. Uh, with, like this is for a driving test and things like this that uh, many of you in this place have really, really blessed me. And the fact that I am a driver, finally now, is, is not a result of my own doing only, but it's because people around me have really invested and helped me, helped me a lot uh, as well. It's true that the first time I failed, I failed because I was actually speeding during the test. <laughs> and at the end, when he tells me, I'm sorry you failed, I politely asked why. And he said, like, mate, <laughs> do you know you're driving like 30 miles in a 20-mile zone? I was like, no, I didn't, because the road is wide enough to drive faster. 
<laughs> but but one one of the people I really want to honor and because she really spent time with me, even the car I have is a gift from her, uh, is Angela. Because she really was there for me. After I failed the first time, I really didn't want to take the test again. You know? I really wanted to give up. And it somehow sounds like it's not in my nature to really want to give up. But I was like, <sighs> and then I failed the second time. But she was there to say, okay, let's sort out your insurance, all this, the car, repair the car. And she was really there for me. And I, I want to say that genuinely, without her, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have failed the test. Her honesty, when I was really driving badly, and we had some bumpy moments, like literally, you know. I was one time in a roundabout and I hit the curve like this. So there, there was, and she was there for me, and I just want to honor her. But also to tell that without the right people in your life, you cannot really succeed. And today it's this kind of uh, message. Uh, it's important to know the people you surround yourself with. Because if you have the right people, you can actually succeed. And even when you feel like you don't want to do it anymore, someone who cares about you, someone who loves you and believes in you, will push you to do the right thing as well. No matter where we're at in our life journey, the truth is that we all have blind spots. All of us have our own, our own blind spots. One of the many things we all have in common, no matter the age, no matter the education or social status, no matter your experience, that we all don't know what we don't know. That's all what we all have in common, among other stuff. We don't know uh, what we don't know. And today I want to speak about uh, Apollos. And let's read in Acts. After spending some time there, he, Paul, departed and went from one place to the next to the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus now, verse 23 marks the beginning of the third missionary journey. And even from the beginning, we understand what one of the main purposes of the start of the third missionary journey of Paul was. That was to strengthen the disciples. The reason and the aim of the third missionary journey of Paul is to really go around and strengthen all the believers as well. It says that he departed and went from place to place, strengthening all of them. Most surely, this was one very important goal of Paul. And in Acts 14.22, we read how he was usually strengthening. He says, he was strengthening the souls of the disciples. And I like that. He was strengthening the souls. He wasn't just, let me hype you with a cool message. It's like, he was strengthening the souls, encouraging them to continue in faith. He was encouraging them to continue in faith. Because at times it's not easy. But Paul wants to go back to the churches he started, the people he met, to strengthen them, strengthen their souls, and encourage them to continue in faith. And if some of us in this place and some of you are like this today, I believe that God wants to strengthen your souls this morning and today. I believe that the Holy Spirit can do this and will do this. It's part of uh, his job description, if not, to be there for us at all times as well. If my soul and if your soul needs healing and restoration, Holy Spirit will do this for you. And I firmly believe this because that's what he does. If you want to get closer to God, God will bring you closer to him. God will draw you and draw all of us a bit closer to him. We need to continue to keep seeking him, chasing after him as he's chasing after us. That, that, that's what actually encourages our souls every single day. If we have Jesus at the center of our lives, of everything that we are, we can be strengthened and we can be strong and we have hope as well. God is the one who brings hope in hopeless situations. He'll give us courage and strength 
to continue pursuing the race he has ahead of us and give us strength to please him in everything that we do. And if, if this is, I don't know, one of the first time you're visiting us, I hope that before anything else, and I think our prayer is that before anything else, you'd fall in love with Jesus Christ this morning. This is the aim of life, to know Christ and be known by him. This is my prayer for all of us today. So Paul started his third missionary journey, and Dr. Luke, the one who wrote Acts, brings a new character on the Bible pages, and that is Apollos. He was a Jew born of a Jewish, Jewish parents in Alexandria, Egypt. And look how he is described in these verses. He was an eloquent man, competent in scriptures, instructed in the way of the Lord, fervent in spirit, spoke and thought accurately the things concerning Jesus. I mean, he will surely be the guy that I would want to follow on Instagram and see his stories and send him a friend request on Facebook. I'll go to his conferences and I'll even attend his church. He's, he's, he's great. I look at him and I'm like, I, I want to be like him. You know? And growing up in a Jewish family, he was definitely a learned man, a good historian. He knew what he was talking about. He was an excellent communicator, an oracle of men, a man who really knew his onions, uh, <laughs> if you want, as well. So he came to Ephesus, being very well informed about the scriptures and able to expand those scriptures to those who were listening to him. And he went into a public place and was using the gifting that he had from God to really glorify God. But if we continue reading from verse 25 and 26, it says, He knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of the Lord more accurately. So you see, he was passionate, he was a good communicator, he was accurate, but he didn't know what he didn't know. He didn't know what he didn't know. He knew very well what his parents taught him, because that was the background, that was his background. But God has brought the church into a new season, into a new era, if you want, where the power of the Holy Spirit was at work in those that were preaching the gospel. And he sort of missed that, because he grew up in a Jewish family where he probably wasn't really taught about the power of the Holy Spirit, because you know, many people were against it. Uh, back then. So he sort of missed on that, but Priscilla and Aquila observed that he's lacking something in his life. He was a very good minister, <laughs> very good leader, good communicator, but he was lacking something in his life. And Aquila and Priscilla were able to see this. So they went there during one of his talks, and they knew what he didn't know, they experienced what he didn't experience yet. And after his talk, he basically goes to him and tries to point towards Apollos' blind spot. And he says that, that they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Now imagine this situation. Surely Apollos was more of a gifted communicator than them. Surely he was more charismatic. And I'm sure he had access to bigger platforms than them. So people would tend to listen to him more than they would tend to listen to uh, Priscilla and Aquila. So he's approached by this couple and they ask him if they can have a word with him. Uh, in private after one of his preachings. And before we understand Apollos' response, I want us to think about how he could have reacted in this situation. Okay, so, and I, I relate in my heart with all these three situations that I'm going to show you as well. First of all, Apollos could have pretended he actually cares about what Priscilla and Aquila say. No, he just pretend he's listening, but then maybe go home and beat himself up. This ever happened to you. When someone tries to encourage you, but then you go back home 
and they're actually really, really uh, discouraged by the words that they said. They speak with you and maybe even try to help you and correct you. And all you do is to fake a smile. Huh? Thank you very much. <laughs> it seems that you do accept reality, but when, when you're alone, you really beat yourself down, beat yourself up. Instead of letting it motivate you to become a better person, you let it affect you in a very, very negative way. And then you overthink it to an extreme. I tend to overthink things to an extreme, and trust me, it doesn't do well to my heart at all. And what I discovered to be true about myself, okay, is that what is intended to encourage me, I will let it discourage me because of the overthinking process I take that thought through. And I don't know if any one of you is like an overthinker as I am, but sometimes I transform that truth into my own truth, which is no longer the truth, but it becomes my truth, which I then believe, which will ultimately uh, hurt me and put me down. And this is what he could have done. He could have done this easily. I mean, Priscilla and Aquila were minister, ministry partners with the great apostle Paul. You have this couple approaching you as a young preacher. You could have been like, whoa, <laughs> like these guys know what they're doing. And they're coming to me and they're saying that there's more to life and Christ than Apollo knows. And he could have gone, gone home and just give up. He could have interpreted their words in a very negative way. That he's just another young preacher who is full of zeal but lacks so much. I've heard that so many times. He could have thought, maybe I should wait a bit more. Maybe I'm not ready to use my gifts. Maybe I need to go to church a bit longer before I get involved. Maybe I'm just not ready to do this. Maybe I don't even know what I'm doing. And so on and on and on. And just go to this overthinking process in his mind as well. Or he could have taken all their feedback very personally and deflect the blame on his past parents and on his upbringing. How many people don't do this these days? He could have said, well, it's not my fault. You come here trying to encourage me, but you don't know why I don't know what I don't know. You don't know me. He could have blamed his Jewish context who never taught him about the power of the Holy Spirit. He could have even challenged Aquila and Priscilla that they're just picking on him. And that it's not his fault that he didn't spend time with Jesus, with Paul, with Timothy, with Silas, and all these guys. He could have said all that. Even more than this, he could have done what many, many do these days and actually deflect the blame on those who try to help him, on those who try to encourage him and generally correct him to become a better person, a godlier, more spirit-filled follower of Jesus Christ, and just tell them, don't judge me. Have you heard that recently? Because <laughs> I do hear it quite often. Don't judge, don't judge me. He could have said, you don't know me. And maybe it was true. Priscilla and Aquila didn't really know. He, they just met him and saw him speaking. But what they did know was truth. <laughs> they did know what truth is. They did know how God works in people's lives. And they did know that with all his gifting and qualities, Apostle could, could go a step forward and step up in his ministry and impact that he had on the people in, in, around him and in his uh, in his life. You see, Priscilla and Aquila weren't sharing their opinions. They were sharing truth. They're not just saying, this is our opinion. They're saying, this is the truth. And let's make it clear. We don't negotiate truth. Truth is truth. We don't define truth. The Bible does. So Aquila and Priscilla go to him, not with opinions, but with truth. And we can either let it transform and free us, because our freedom comes from knowing the truth. Okay, this is what the Bible teaches. Or we refuse listening to it and limit our potential impact in this world. And the Apostles could have done that 
as well. And thirdly, Apostle could have had a very defensive attitude towards Priscilla and Aquila. And to be honest, this is the one I relate to the most. Not too long ago, someone told me, Vlad, you're, you are being defensive. And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> you see, being defensive was a blind spot in my life, uh, of which I'm very aware now, but still need to get to that point where I'm not trying to defend every time someone tries to correct me or encourage me. Because I have this tendency to, I have this tendency to do, this is what I tend to do, okay? I just, I, I get defensive. And Apollos could have easily dismissed Aquila and Priscilla because he has access to bigger crowds of people. He could have done this easily to measure his worth by the people that, I don't know, are listening or do these things as well. He was more gifted than Priscilla and Aquila in some aspects, and he didn't really need to listen to them. And if I have this attitude of a defender, I will not, not actually grow. I'll never grow because I stop learning. If I'm defensive, I let my pride cage me within what I know and within my limits because we all have our blind spots. And when I'm defensive, I don't let people point to the blind spots in my life as well. But Apollos wasn't like that at all. And Priscilla and Aquila had an amazing attitude towards him. And I think we can all learn from both of these sides, Apollos or Priscilla and Aquila as well. And all of us, at some point in our lives, were either an Apollos or we, we should and ought to be Aquila and Priscilla to people in our lives as well. How many of you have heard of the Johari window? Okay, great, great. So it's sound that I've been using for so long that at some point I even forgot where I know it from. So I went on Google again. So it speaks about the known self, hidden self, blind self, and then there's the unknown self. So let's look a bit at Apollos and try to understand him through this a bit. The known self is things that we know about ourselves and others know about us as well. In, in, uh, in uh, Apollos' place, he was an eloquent man. Everyone knew this. He was competent in scriptures, instructed in the way of the Lord, fervent in spirit. He spoke and thought accurately the things concerning Jesus. Everyone knew this. He knew that as well. That's quite easy to understand, okay? The hidden self, which are things that we know about ourselves that others do not really know. Others don't really know. So this can be past circumstances, present struggles, but people don't really know this. Pain, joyful moments, uh, what's in my heart, you know, some people don't know, and many, many other things. Things that I know, I'm aware of, but let's say you, in this case, you don't really know what's happening uh, in my heart. And this is just how it's happening, okay? And the thing about Apollos is that this is where he was at in his life. He knew stuff about himself. He was letting people know some things about him, but this is what he was at. He was very aware of his gifting, of strengths, weaknesses, the way he speaks, the way he behaves in public, which was like the public arena. And sure, there were things that people didn't really know, but were really sort of judging him according to what they were seeing as well. Maybe some people looked at him and were putting different labels on him. Some may call him an extremist because of the message he was bringing. Others will probably call him a hater because of the truth he was proclaiming and living out. Maybe some others were looking at him and judge him to be full of himself and arrogant because that's what we tend to do with gifted people, don't we? <laughs> we tend to do this as well. And we all have these hidden things that those we interact with don't really know about us. And I don't only mean sinful habits, okay? I don't only mean that, though that is part of what we're trying to hide, but even dreams and desires and passion that we sort of try to hide away because of our fear of failure, because we feel that people will judge us. And what I found in my life is that I'd rather people judge me for my mistakes than not believing in me because of my crazy dreams for God. 
This is true about me. I'd rather everyone judge me for doing mistakes than no one believing in me for the dreams that I have for God. This is how I tend to be as well. And the truth is that if we only live within what we know about ourselves, we will never really step up and step forward into God's great plan for our lives. It may sound a bit weird, but I like it when people I trust and love me and believe in me correct me and encourage me. And I could give you names even in this place. There are people that I'm always open and say, this is what I'm doing. Or they can always freely come and say, brother, I've noticed this about you. And I love it because it helps me grow. It helps me develop. If you believe in someone and you love them, you'll encourage and strengthen them by believing in them and helping them being aware of their own blind spots. That's how we ultimately really help someone. Aquila and Priscilla did this, this exactly, exactly this with Apollos. They might have seen how huge and how big his potential was, and they knew what he needed. They knew what he didn't know, and they helped him to point towards his blind spot as well. They were looking from the outside, and with their experience and knowledge, they were able to help him. And thirdly, we have the blind self, or if you want, the blind spot. Okay, things others know about us that we don't really know. It's our blind spot as well. He didn't encounter the power of the Holy Spirit yet. He was really good in what he was doing and was very influential in his ministry. But there was so much more. There was so much more he could have done. What Priscilla and Aquila knew that he didn't know was that he didn't meet and didn't know the power of the Holy Spirit yet. They observed his blind spot there. And Apollos' humility to Aquila and Priscilla's initiative to explain to him his, what his blind spot was helped him move up and move forward in his influence and impact. All of us are in a similar situation to Apollos, where we need to let people speak into our lives and help us and encourage us in truth. But in the same time, we can all be and should be an Aquila and Priscilla to those around us that are not aware of their blind spots. We all have to do this. So how can we do this? Well, first of all, we need to define reality. And it starts there. Don't just jump to tell someone why they need to change, but firstly help them understand why. It's very important. Why do I need to change? And can I say this? If you really want to help someone, you'll do it in truth. If you want to help someone, and if you do love them, you'll help them in truth. Also do it with care, because the wrong definition of reality can damage people. If you define reality in a wrong way, or can I say in a shallow way, you can damage your relationship with them, and you can damage the person who's actually trying to help uh, in long, longer term as well. And I said it before, and I'll keep on saying it, because I believe it to be true. We all live in a culture formed of a generation of people who are offended by truth and desire to be deceived by lies and have truth. It's all over the place. All over the place. This is where we live in. People get offended by truth and prefer half lies, half truths and lies because they make, it makes them feel a bit better. One of my top three values, and I like that look really pointed this, and it's a value that I try to intentionally live by and it's not negotiable in my life. No matter the cost, no matter the consequences, and that is truth. I want to live by truth no matter what. I want to be truthful in everything I say, in everything I do, no matter how much it may hurt me at times. I would encourage you to live this, especially as this world moves forward. 
we get more and more people offended by truth. The friends we're trying to help may be offended by what is true as well. The Bible says, and I want to ask you to help me with this one. You will know the, and the will. Okay, what will set you free? Truth sets us free. Truth sets your friends free. And we really need to believe this. But if the people around me value pleasure more than they value truth, then I'm in a bit of a tough spot. What do I do then? What do I do in that situation? It used to be that people were attending church to find the truth. But nowadays people are attending church to be hyped and tickled by, by uh, <laughs> shallow fortune cookie quotes that have nothing to do with the Bible. It's all over the place. Just go on Instagram or Facebook. It used to be that people were seeking truth. But now people are running away from the Bible. They share opinions, no longer truth. There were times when I was looking forward to approach friends that I love and encourage to encourage or correct them in areas of their lives, but now I'm honestly scared to do it at times because of the labels they would put on me. And it's happening. Okay, I'm living this. <laughs> Imagine if Aquila and Priscilla were to sugarcoat Apollos, like focus on the positive, right? Imagine Priscilla and Aquila going to Apollos, trying to help him and encourage him with truth. It's like, Apollos, can we have a word with you? Say, yeah, sure, how can I pray for you? Because he was the preacher, right? <laughs> Uh, and then they're like, no, it's not about that. We just want, want to explain to you the way of God more accurately, quoting them exactly. And then he'll be like, you what? <laughs> you try to teach me? You're so offensive. <laughs> You're so mean. And then he takes a selfie with them on Instagram and in the description puts hashtag haters. <laughs> because they're saying the truth. And I could spend so much time on this. It's, it's weighing heavily on my heart. But I want to encourage you to not shy away from speaking truth in love and love the people around you with the truth because that's what will ultimately set them free, no matter the cost. Secondly, sorry, is there, we display hope. Okay, do not define reality without displaying hope. Bring hope to the people. Do not point fingers without spreading your arms in their hands to really help them come up and move to a new, to a next stage in their life. Hope is what strengthens us to run the race Hope is what fuels us to do the extra mile. This is the situation. This is the truth. This is the problem. But this is why you can do it. This is why we can fix it together. There is hope. While truth is an eye-opener, a sort of a judge who makes uh, a sort of a judge, hope is the one who inspires us to believe that we can actually change. If you want hope, is a motivational speaker the one who makes you believe you can do it, the one who stirs something in you and influences your affections and your emotions. And Apollos did actually listen to Aquila and Priscilla because they offered him hope. They offered him hope. Hope that will get you to know the one, to, will get, hope, that hope helped him to get closer to know the one he loves, Jesus Christ, because he was doing everything for him. Hope that he, he will be empowered to glorify Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, which he didn't meet yet. Hope that even though he didn't know what he didn't know, God still calls him to preach the gospel, to impact lives and honor Christ in everything that he does. And again, when we help, we need to make sure we offer hope, not hype. We offer hope, we don't offer hype. Because hope leads us into acting faith, whereas hype will that's into emotional disillusionment. And Christian world is full of emotional dis emotionally dis 
deluded people because they don't stick to truth. And this leads me to my third point in helping someone which is dead into action. Okay, let's do it now. I, I showed you what truth is. I offered you hope. Now we need to do something about it. And it says in verse 27, when he used to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, it says that he greatly helped those who through grace had believed. For he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by scriptures that Christ was Jesus. And this is an already changed Apollos. Just one verse, and it changed. Because now it says that he greatly helped those who believed. He powerfully refuted the false teachers. And he showed Christ how? By the scriptures. He showed Christ by the scriptures. And the word helped in Greek would be like throw together, to contribute, to help, to be useful. He threw himself into the work. He gave himself up for the work. You see, Apollos offered himself up for the work he was called by God to do. And Aquila and Priscilla were instrumental to this. They were instrumental to this. When I passed my test on Tuesday, the instructor told me that he knew I could do it. And from the outside, it looks like he is the one who deserves the credit for my success in passing my test. But I know that it's not him. And the one who deserves most of the credit is Angela. And Priscilla and Aquila were the ones who invested in his foundations, not just on the chair on the top of the cake. <laughs> and we are called to be this kind of people for those around us. It's not just about how things look. We need to help them to really dig into their foundations, to build something on which they can stand when winds come, when tough life happens, because this is what is happening. God is calling all of us to be Aquila and Priscilla to the policies in our lives. And oftentimes, if not every single time, encouraging someone starts with a reality check. Encouraging someone starts with a reality check, which may prove to be a bit painful, but it is so, so, so needed. And for me, I have decided to surround myself with people who love me with truth. I really, really want this. As hard as it may be, it's them I respect and it's them I would follow. This is the type of people I want in my inner circle, if you want. Because they will love me with the truth. And I want to have a policy's heart as well, which is characterized by humility, I am flawed. <laughs> I am a work in progress in need of people who love me with the truth and offer hope and help me to move forward. I want to be characterized by a hunger to grow, to develop, and to learn, to listen to people, to have my ears open to their advice. And then I need to step up and just do it. I need to move forward. I want courage to move forward. It is in our DNA that we are not made to be alone. We are not created to do life alone. God's intention, even from the beginning, was that man shall not be alone. And that's why he created a helper to him. And you know what? We cannot do it on our own. I surely cannot do it on my own. It's the truth. But there is hope. What is the hope? First of all, we have each other. The church. The hope of the world. And secondly, we have the Holy Spirit which in his job description is to be the helper, the one who will navigate us, show us where to step in. What do I want you to do following this next week and defend for the rest of your lives? Find your Aquila and Priscilla. Find them, love them, 
and never, never give up on them because they will love you with the truth. Let them speak into your life. And then be an Aquila and Priscilla to their policies in your life. And in humility, help them and encourage them in their faith and in their growth as well. Surround yourself with wise people who are willing and you are allowed to speak in your life, to define what reality looks like in your life. And then they will offer you hope and will move forward as well. And finally, and I'll conclude then, maybe the worship team can all come here. There's also the unknown self, which is said that there are things that neither we nor others know about us. But something is wrong here because there is someone who actually does know all these things, isn't there? God. God knows everything about you and me. Why? Because he created you. Because he loves you. Remember the song we sang, chasing, kicking down walls to come chasing after you, leaving the 99 behind just for you. He knows you. Because he has a plan for your life. Because he doesn't do mistakes. Therefore, you are not a mistake. God doesn't do random. You are not random. Even your presence on that chair, listening right now, it's not random. God is aware and in control of all these things. He knows your hidden self. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. He knows you better than anyone and better than you'll ever, ever know yourself. That's why the best thing we can do is to throw ourselves to Him in His arms, in His presence. Say, God, I may have many blind spots and people around me will help me, but I need you because that's what I ultimately need. Let's play this worship song and then I'll come and uh, conclude the message. As I was saying, one of the most important things that we can do with our lives is to know Jesus Christ. And then it's going to have the last, last slide on the... There is this verse that I think is so powerful in the Bible. I just want us to pray it and just sort of praying it over you as well. It says, Jesus praying, okay? Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life. This is eternal life that they may know you and the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And I want us to pray and I want to encourage you if you don't know Christ first of all, I think it's, it's time. <laughs> because this is eternal life. If you don't know him, you don't have eternal life. If you know him, you have eternal life. It's as simple as that. For the rest of us, because I know that life sometimes is a bit tough. We go through ups and downs. I myself am probably on a weekly basis. They're trying to get myself up there to be with God. We need to remember that because we know Christ, we have eternal life. Therefore, we have hope. That no matter what happens to us in this life, no matter how hard it is, no matter what we lack, no matter what job we don't have, no matter how bad the kids are, no matter how hard school is, no matter how bad the boss is, we have hope. We'll see Jesus Christ. If I die right now, I get to be with Him. This is the assurance that we have as Christians. So I want us to pray as maybe Shagan continues on the kids. And I, wa I want you all to pray. I'm going to pray out loud, but don't just listen to me praying, please. <laughs> Bring your own prayer to God. If you don't know Him, why don't you pray? I want to know you, Jesus Christ. Maybe for the first time, starting to know you th this morning. And for all of us that have known Him for a while, why don't you go back closer to that first love? Because there is hope only in the name of Jesus Christ as well. Let's pray.
Yes, Jesus, I want to thank you so much that you're chasing after us, Lord. That even when we're your enemies, you came after us, Lord. Even when we didn't deserve your love, you offered that love to us, Lord. I want to thank you so much that you have resurrected, that we are serving a God who is alive. We don't serve bones, we don't serve dead gods. We serve someone that is alive and at work in this place and in our hearts right now, today, and for the rest of our lives. We thank so much that you have given us the Holy Spirit as the one who is helping us, the one who is defending us when we're accused. Please remind us once again that we belong to you. Please remind us once again that you have us in the palm of your hands, Lord, that you never ever let us go. That there is nothing that can separate us from your love. Nothing, nothing, nothing. No matter what anyone else says, no matter what we think at times, no matter what we feel at times, there's nothing that can separate us from your love. And we want to thank you for this, Lord. And I want to pray for those who don't know you yet personally. I really pray that you might bring them in that personal, intimate relationship with you, Lord. Bring us closer to your heart. May we taste and see that you are good, that you are a good father, that you are a good king, that if we give our lives to you, you take care of us, Lord. Even if at times it's hard, even if at times we lack, we are yours, Lord. I pray for joy in tough situations, Lord. I pray for a, a reminder, Lord, that we belong to you, Lord. We thank you so much, Lord, that you're kicking down walls. You're climbing up mountains, Lord. You're, you're bringing light into darkness just to find the one, just to find us, Lord. And I pray once again, find us in this morning, Lord. We are here for you, Lord, waiting for your touch, Lord. Not just to be hard, but want truth in our lives, Lord. We want the transforming power of the Holy Spirit to reside in everything that we do, in our hearts and in our minds, in our bodies, in our families, at work, in the marketplace, in our groups, wherever we go. We need you, Lord. May we show you in everything that we do. And we thank you for eternal life, the assurance of our salvation that is found in your name through faith. We thank you for your grace, Lord. We thank you so much that you are with us, my God. Thank you for this morning, Lord. Thank you, Lord.